we know, right, right, when you grow up black or you grow up Latino, right, in the era that I grew up in, um, you know, becoming a police officer was not something my family wanted me to do. Um, um, and they grew up in a different era, right? And so you're always taught a certain thing about police. You're always taught, stay away, right? You're always taught those things. Um, and so when I became a police officer, as, as many of my colleagues, um, uh, we came in for, for different reasons, right? We came in to change, we came in to be a part of something new. And now we're on this break front of doing just that. Black and Blue fam, welcome to the Black and Blue podcast, where we celebrate diversity in U.S. law enforcement. My name is Dale, and I'm the host. Hey, but this is a different version of the show. This is Black and Blue Street Life. This is where I take the show out of the studio and into the streets. Today, I'm at a very special location out here in Santa Monica, California, at the Santa Monica, California Police Department, and you'll get to see the backdrop here in a minute. And uh, I got a very special guest for you here today. So, but before I get into that, I want to ask y'all, hey, make sure you check out me on all my social media pages. I'm at Black and Blue US. That's on TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all that. So check me out for all the videos, and you can also check out even more content. So like I said, I'm here at the Santa Monica, California Police Department, uh, very picturesque city. I'm sure you've all seen it in the, in the videos and movies and TV shows and all that, but uh, today I've got the Deputy Chief of their Police Department. Everyone, please help me welcome to the show, Deputy Chief Derek Jacob. How you doing, sir? I'm well, thank you. All right, all right. So uh, like I said, um, we are here at your department here at Santa Monica. How long have you been here now? Uh, I've been here, this is year 20 for me. Wow, year 20, okay, so you, you're a lifer? Uh, no, actually I came from another organization. I laddled here uh, from the uh, LA County Sheriff's Department in 2004, um, and I was there uh, for about uh, three years there, and before that I was with the uh, State University, California State University Police at Northridge uh, for about six years prior to that. Okay, so were you at uh, were you at Northridge when uh, the big the big one happened the the earthquake? I was. I was oh, a student. Wow. I was. You were a student. I oh was. wow! wow. Nineteen ninety four. Because I remember waking up because I was like in the middle of the night and we all woke up to that. What was that experience like for you? I thought God was coming for us all. I thought the rapture was happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and he was. He was. He was. But uh, yeah, that was that was a tough tough uh, ordeal that we all went through. We had uh, freeways falling and all that that right. happened back then. That's yeah, right. Yeah, but you were a student there, huh? I was a student, but working for the police department. Okay, there, okay. There. Yeah. What, what, what were you studying back then? Uh, I was a uh, health science major. Okay, health science, huh? Yes, sir. So did you get a degree in health science? I did. Okay, and, and did you, you didn't 
want to go into that career? No, <laughs> I eventually went on and got my master's in public administration right after that. Okay, okay. And uh, so you decided to go on to the police department there. How long were you there? Uh, about six years. The good thing about you know becoming a police officer at Northridge is uh, you got to go to school for free. And uh -huh. so it helped pay for college. And so after my military career, um, coming then into uh, school, uh, it was really tough to pay for school. So yeah. I became a police officer there to uh, help pay for, yeah. to help trust, go to school trust, for free. Trust me, I, I know all about paying for college. I got two in college right now. That's right. Yeah, I did the same thing, so I got my master's. Yeah, it's it's not fun, but you know you got to do it to to progress in life and in your career as well. So yeah, so after Northridge, you decided to go to. L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How was that experience like for you? It was great. I love the Sheriff's Department. Uh, definitely a fan of the department. Uh, not a fan of the county, but definitely a fan of the Sheriff's Department. Um, um, I worked custody uh, up at Wayside, uh, and then I ended up at a uh, uh, kind of another place called uh, Custody Support Services uh, where we reviewed a bunch of kind of things. We monitored all seven jails that we had at that time. In the okay. Wayside's not around anymore, right? It is. Is it still? It I is. It's called Peter Pitch's, Peter Pitch's Detention Pitches. Center. Right. But there's four jails up there. Okay, okay. And you were long gone before Twin Towers? No, my no, I was there after Twin Towers. So I was when my, my last assignment I got assigned to Twin Towers. Okay. All right. All right. And then what made you want to leave and come to uh, Santa Monica? Uh, this is about in two thousand four, two thousand three. Um um, that we had gone um, like several years without a contract, like six years, and it was kind of like kind of that mass exodus time. And so we didn't have a lot of um, support from the, uh, from the county um, in our pay and some of the benefits and the things that we were doing. And so I said, if I was going to leave the sheriff's department, I'm going to go to the place that's uh, the gold Cadillac, if you will. I wanted to go out and look and uh, find a place that uh, represented me. And at that time, um, then chief... Uh, Jim Butts was a police chief here in Santa Monica, and, and back in those days, uh, he was kind of an enigma kind of guy, um, and uh, this department really had um, diversity in it. Um, they were doing things the right way, and uh, I had several friends who were here, and I said, I've got to be part of that. Yeah, yeah, I was looking through some pictures here, and some of the old pictures from like 1960, they showed some you know, African Americans at the police department even way back then. That's right. Um, I believe our first police officer started, well, Santa Monica is a community that um, had, historically had uh, a large black population. If you didn't know, um, uh, the movie The Inkwell, um, um, that's here in Santa Monica. So it was one of the, kind of the only black-only beaches uh, that we could go during segregation. And so it was right here in Santa Monica off Bay Street. And so that lively history of African Americans is has been in our community for quite some time. And so that's, so when we hired police officers back in the Back in the early part of the century, um, um, all they could do was police other black people. They weren't allowed to, to police uh, uh, the rest of the white community, only the black community. Was wow, here. wow, yeah. Wasn't there a story, was it, I don't know if it was Santa Monica, but one of the beaches around here, and it was a family that, uh, yeah. that had to sue because they had their beach taken away, their property taken away, and then years later, I don't know if it was 80 years later, they finally got it back. Was that Santa Monica? Or no, it wasn't nearby? Santa Monica. That's Bruce's Beach, and that's, up the, that's down the coast a little bit. I think that happened in... Manhattan Beach or Redondo Beach, but yeah, one of those yeah, cities. Yeah. yeah, one of those beaches, yeah. And uh, yeah, back then we could only police each other, and right. my times have changed because now you're a deputy chief. I am. You know, what, what was your career like here at Santa Monica? It's been great. Um, started off as an officer. Um, by the time I came over, I had about eight years on. Um, so, um, you know, quickly kind of moved through a field training officer. Um, and then I got a shot at detectives, did that for a little bit. Um, then uh, quickly became a detective. Uh, worked uh, property crimes like kind of everyone where we start doing that and uh, in a city like Santa Monica we have a lot of property crimes 
Um, so got to do that, um, moved up through the ranks, sergeant. Um, um, I policed, uh, I was, uh, <laughs> I've done a bunch of things uh, as, as, as in my sergeant, sergeant, patrol sergeant, FTO sergeant. I was a supervisor of the comm center. I even had the animal control personnel and training lieutenant, I mean, excuse me, personnel and training sergeant. Um, I've, done a, I've done a little bit of things here. And then and when I promoted through lieutenant, um, I got to be the SWAT commander, patrol lieutenant, watch commander in charge of our FTO program, the homeless liaison detail, which is our homeless uh, uh, program that we have here in Santa Monica, which um, um, is kind of a, um, a well-known kind of a program and how we do things and how we deal with our homeless here in Santa Monica. Uh, then promoted to captain and, and the rest is history. And I've been here, I've been a, a lucky guy. Yeah, well, yeah. Santa Monica, like I said in the intro, there is you know really beautiful and picturesque and all that. But uh, like you said, the the homeless uh, coordinator program that you guys have here, um, homelessness has always been you know part of the forefront here. You know, between Venice and Santa Monica, which are sure. neighboring cities. Yeah, you know, what's your approach on you know Santa Monica's approach to homelessness? Yeah, so you know West Side, we are um, uh, you know because of our beach, because of our warm weather, we get a lot of homeless folks to our city. So. Um, um, so about 20 years ago, 25 years ago, our department invested in a team called HELP, which is our homeless liaison program. And so they help with our um, highest, uh, uh, um, hardest um, service-resistant individuals who are homeless. So as we know, right, homelessness is plaguing the country um, throughout, right, throughout the country. Um, but, we think, but we know that 50% of all homeless people reside in four states, right, California, Nevada, uh, uh, Washington, and uh, um, Arizona, and so they're all here, um, and then 50% of those of all those people are in California. So 25% of the nation's homeless people are in the state of California, and we have 65,000 here uh, in our region, uh, just in the LA County region alone. Um, that includes Skid Row and other places, but we have a large majority here on the west side as well. And then with light rail, their ability to go um, from one place to another is greatly increased. And in Santa Monica, we have a terminus where our light world ends in our city. And so we have folks that come and then come and sleep on our beach. They come for our services. They come for a bunch of different things. And so our program are, um, deals um, specifically with those who are service resistant. And so we take our high utilizers. Um, we call them HUGS, high utilizer group, uh, that deals with um, police officers, um, that deals with the police. How many times are they arrested? How many times do they use fire services? Are they uh, you know, always a man down? Are they always drunk? Are they always transported? And also our hospital services. And we conglomerate those into a particular group. And then our homeless team, our help team, along with other um, city services and county services, go out and specifically attack those groups and, and, and really constantly um, try to get services for those folks so that they get off the street and so that they actually reduce the calls for service uh, for the police department and the burden on the community that we have. Right, what's the success rate? So of a program like um, that. Is we, it, it's good because we keep, you know, we keep um, um, adding new people as other folks fall off. And so that list and, you know, one of the groups that they really focus on is encampments. As you know, uh, in L.A. County, housing's at a premium. Um, um, and as folks, as the economy, you know, worsens and as rents go up, people fall into, house, people fall into homelessness. And so we really uh, make sure that we um, uh, focus on those groups of folks and that folks aren't camping outside. Um, um, and kind of disrupting uh, the kind of uh, uh, normal uh, life that, that happens. But, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, uh, how do you do that with compassion, right? And how do we do that, um, you know, uh, with reverence, right? Because these are people. And, and we have to remember that in everything that we do, right? We can't just sweep people along, right? We can't just do something about homeless people. Like, yeah. 
right? If there's no place to put them, we can't police our way out of homelessness, right? So we work with our service care providers. We work uh, with the county um, to do the best things that we can to make sure that people can, A, get their needs met, um, B, that they're not committing crimes out in the street, because that's, you know, we identify, we, we deal with homeless people that identify themselves as criminals. And so that's our big, you know, our big push and our big group that we deal with. So um, it's a tough front. It's a tough front in LA County. It's a tough front in California. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you've got, you know, homelessness, and then we've got other property crimes that, you know, you said you have to deal with a lot here in Santa Monica. What's kind of the demographics here in Santa Monica? Um, our demographics, uh, we're predominantly uh, uh, white. I think we have uh, 16 to 16 percent um, um, Latino in our, in our Latino Latinx in our, in our, in our city, and we have about a 4 percent black population. I think our our Asian population is right around that same. That so we're we're pretty much uh, white and Latino, and it's more of a an affluent community, or people would think so, but it's not quite that. So um, roughly seventy percent of all of our folks in our city are renters, in our city, and so <clears throat> and in that, so our city has is a really big um, uh, population of folks um, who are. Uh, affected by rent control in our city to keep prices low. Our city really works on trying to make it affordable for all walks of life to be in our city. And so we do have, we do have um, um, the ultra rich and then we still have folks who are, who are barely making it and who are, who are, who are struggling. And so it's, it's not quite as affluent as people think. Oh, okay. But you got, you know, a, a robust tourist uh, community that comes here to Santa Monica to visit the pier and the beach and all that as well, right? Absolutely. Eight million visitors a year. So we get as, almost as many visitors here to Santa Monica as they do in Hawaii. Wow, as much as Hawaii, huh? Right. Okay, but you don't have quite the, the accommodations for them, though, right? Uh, we do. We have, uh, if you've ever been to our city uh, along Ocean Boulevard, uh, we have, uh, um, man, we have uh, several large uh, hotels um, and throughout the city and on the west side um, um, for people to visit. It's a tourist destination, right? Our, we, have the, we have the pier, we have the Third Street uh, Promenade. And as of recently, our city's now turned into Silicon Beach. And so as, as a lot of these uh, big corporations are leaving the Silicon Valley, they're now coming to Santa Monica. So we have Google in our city. We have Twitter in our city. We have Snap in our city uh, and other folks and other uh, production uh, places in our city. So along with the tourism, we also have the industry that goes with that to back that up on the other side. Not a bad place to be if, you're, okay. if you're Google and all that, right? It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how do you like policing the city here? I mean, you, you know, you got beach patrols. I'm sure, and we do. Know. We do. How come you're not wearing shorts today? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> yeah, right. You want to see my calves? Uh, but in our city, um, you know, it's 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 it's. I love policing in Santa Monica. Uh, we have like seven neighborhood groups, if not more, and then business community, and all of them believe that they're the community. All of them believe that they have special needs, and what what affects, as most folks, right, as most people look in their cities, what affects this particular group, what affects this community, this particular community can be a complete 180 on what affects someone else in a different area or a completely different business. And so it's actually, uh, it can be difficult sometimes, right? Because it, this city is not homogenous. It has, um, um, like I said, we have different, different communities, different uh, business communities, different, uh, different groups, all vying for your attention, all vying for what they believe is different. So it's difficult to be pulled in a bunch of different ways, but it's, it's exciting. It's, every day is not, a, as we always say, right? Every day is exciting and, and nothing's ever normal. Yeah. And yeah. So, 
So it's yeah, good. Don't don't jinx it when you say normal. That's right. right. That's right. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, knock on wood. And uh, how large is the department? Is this kind of mirror the com the community as well? Yeah. Our, the, well, so the department is we have about ninety three thousand residents in our city, um, but our department is about two hundred twenty one sworn. But we're unique, and most police departments are probably 70, um, 70, 30 sworn versus civilian. We have about 50, 50. So we have about another 230 uh, professional staff that work at our police department. So we're about 450 um, um, size for the entire department. Wow, and, and what are those civilian employees responsible for? Uh, we have public service officers, which are responsible for parks, um, our airport, um, oh. Um, also down on our Third Street promenade, we have community service officers, uh, which take traffic reports, cold crime reports, cold reports. We also have a robust, as you can imagine, in Santa Monica, um, parking uh, unit that does a bunch of parking. Yeah, trying to find parking here was it's very difficult. <laughs> was it's at a premium here. It's at a premium here. Um, we also have, you know, as, as normal other uh, police departments have, where right? we have forensics, we have our records division, we have dispatch. Well, dispatch is kind of another um, department, but it's located in our building with us. But yeah, so we're we're kind of a full service police department with a bunch of different things going on at one time. Now, when you said dispatch is another department, do you have like a, a multi jurisdictional? Like uh, I think Redondo and right, all those guys right, have South like a, yeah. We have a we have a actually a combined fire and police dispatch, okay. and they operate under the Office of Emergency Management in our city. So it's they, although they're co-located in in the department, they actually don't report to us. Oh, okay. But you said you were assigned there at one point. When it when it used to be assigned to the police. Oh, when department. it used to be. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It left us about left us about eight nine years ago. Okay. Were, were they happy about that, or? Uh, it's it happened when they had the when they when they um, combined police and fire. They used to have two separate dispatch centers in the building, um, but when they combined them, um, it just made sense to uh, move them into the office of emergency management so that the police nor the fire department was in charge of them. Gotcha, gotcha. And but the fire department have their own operations, police department has their own operations. What's your relationship like with fire? Well we have a great relationship with our fire department. Um, luckily in small agencies, you know, small cities, smaller cities like ours, uh, you know, we respond with them on a lot of different things and uh, we we um, their uh, administration is here in our building, uh, so we see them often and uh, and speak with them often, and we work with them. We have a very good working relationship. Yeah, it is always just a friendly rivalry between the two groups, but yeah. And, you well, know, I mean, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to yeah. say there's not a rivalry, <laughs> <laughs> but we get yeah. along pretty well. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, we all got to you know serve the public and, right. and and all that there. So, um, you you didn't mention if you kind of mirror the community as far as uh, you know Caucasians as far as uh, Hispanics and Blacks and well, you're a deputy chief yourself is African American. That's right. So our city is um, as I said four percent African uh, American. Our police department I think we're sixteen percent African American. Uh, we're about thirty nine percent Hispanic, thirty nine percent white, and I think we're about like eight or nine percent. Uh, um, Asian. So we are definitely more diverse than our community, and we're actually the most diverse uh, um, department in our city. Yeah, so. I, I, could, I could see that. I could see that. And women as well. You introduced me to a lieutenant. That's earlier. right. Yeah. That's right. And, you know, I, I think uh, um, we, have, we have women through all of our ranks. We have a, we have a female captain. We have several um, female lieutenants, um, a few female sergeants, three or four female sergeants, um, and throughout and throughout our agency. And that's one of the that's one of the areas that we could do better, um, as we um, as cities and 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 communities now begin to embrace equity inclusion um, in police departments. I'm always I'm happy to say that our department's been doing it for 30 years. Um, 
Um, we had trailblazers uh, back in the day when I started this this profession. There wasn't a lot of people who look like me um, um, at positions where I'm at now, um, and so we've done well here in Santa Monica. Uh, but one of the one of the areas that we do um, could use a lot of work is is obviously is in our women, and in hiring uh, women to to do the job. And it's I think we're right around nine percent. Um, women, which is about the average 12%, uh, which is about the average um, um, in the nation. Is um, Santa Monica part of the 30 by 30? Yes, we are. I was right. just going to mention that. Yeah. We, we've signed on to it, and so I have my backgrounders and my recruitment team actively um, seeking out qualified women and, 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 and to find women in some of these areas. We're looking at teachers. We're looking at uh, a bunch of different areas that, that are um, 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 usually uh, kind of heavily uh, women influence were looking to leave those. But again, one of the things that we have to do as, as administrators is, is break down the barriers, right? And how do we get, you know, and, 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 and interesting enough, some of those barriers are to motherhood, right? How do we, how do we cope with that? How do we cope with, you know, um, some of our female officers who want to be mothers, uh, who want to yeah, move on right. to their family and, they, and, they're, and they're, they're, they're stuck because like they don't want anything handed to them, right? They are, are they're some of our best police officers that we have, um, but they want to have, but they want to have kids and they want to have families, and so they want they have to be in positions sometimes that you know it's not the narco uh, that they can go out at all hours of the night and be gone, you know, seven days a week and, and working, right? Um, you know, and that kind of a fixed schedule is something that's important. So we we have to work around barriers to 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 make it equitable so that we can so that we can bring women into our to our jobs. And yeah, we've, we've got to be flexible in that. Um, a few years ago, I interviewed a uh, former chief here, Seabrooks, yes. and a uh, really awesome lady, yes. dynamic, and, and we spoke about that on a, uh, on a panel discussion, yes. and she spoke about you know, those same very issues. That's it. Those same issues. Absolutely. So yeah, we've we got to be intentional and, and try to bring in women and be flexible with schedules. And, That's right. Because you know, we talk about uh, you know, men aren't expected to, you know, even though we should be, you know, when, a, when a call comes that your kid is sick, um, you know, most of the time men aren't the ones that are leaving the job to go take care of the sick kid, but, but a woman will. Absolutely. Yeah, so we've got, we got to be intentional on that. Got to be intentional on that. So here in Santa Monica, you mentioned there are a multitude of things to do, and you were SWAT, and you were detectives, and all those sorts of things. Are you guys actively recruiting? Are you down on bodies? Or do yeah, we're, to, down, we're down on bodies like, like everyone everybody else. else. <laughs> <laughs> we're actively recruiting. So if you want a job, come. We're looking for you. Santa Monica is hiring. Santa Monica PD is hiring. And I think one of the things that, and is, is being intentional about you, we see a lot of agencies out now like offering recruitment bonuses and, and, and all types of money to go out there. Currently, we're not doing that. Um, I think we're a great place to work, and I think you, know, you can give all the money that you want, but if the, if the organization is not in a place uh, that people want to work at, right? if people don't feel like it's family, uh, then they're not going to be there. right? And so you can offer all the money up front, but then they come into an organization that's crappy, that's um, um, poorly run, um, that has disgruntled people, people are still going to leave. People are going to retire out and people are still going to leave. Um, we, we have a, uh, um, a very good uh, retention rate. Like, unless, like most of our officers don't leave unless they're retiring. Uh, they don't, most of our officers don't go to other agencies. I can count the number of our officers that have gone to other agencies in the last 20 years on one hand, maybe, maybe two. 
in two well, you're fingers. pretty much tops in, in pay in the, in the county, correct? That's correct. Yeah. And benefits. But again, benefit. you can pay anybody anything that sure. you want. And, and, it, and, and it, still, it still has to work with your working environment. And you have to treat people with respect. You have to treat people with dignity. People have to come into the door and see people like you. Um, they have to come in and see people um, uh, of all around making it uh, in different ranks. And so we don't... Um, uh, uh, we're diversified, right? And we have women, we have blacks, we have, we have Asians, we have, we have whites, we have everyone. And it's a place, no matter of your color, no matter what you look like, you should be able to succeed. Right, it's based on that, and that's our organization. And so, and I think we have a very good family culture. Like we care about each other. You know, when I was with the sheriff's department, right, I was a number. Yes, yes. I was a number, right? And and uh, we make sure that we know people, we know their names, uh, we know their families, and uh, that they can bring their families here. We have retirees uh, that still come back to the police department. We have retirees that are working for us now in 960 capacities, doing our backgrounds because they know what we expect. They know right. our culture, they know what we're looking for, and they know what type of people we are. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys are small enough that you do know you know, each other's names and each other's family, right. but you're also large enough where you can have a diversity of assignments. So, That's you know, right. you're not just a small agency where you just have one or two assignments and you're kind of pigeonholed and stuck. So, yeah, it's a great place. That's right. It's a great place. So, um, Santa Monica, you know, we were talking about, you know, the diversity in the community, but, uh, you know, 2020 brought up, uh, you know, a lot of things here in law enforcement that's still affecting us today. And, you know, people don't want to become police officers because what was, you know, with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all that sort of stuff. How did those uh, events affect you here in Santa Monica? Well, it, it affected us, right? Um, as, and, and if everyone was watching the news, right, we got hit. We were one of the places that, that ended up in kind of, you know, uh, one of the riots. Um, um, that happened in our city and you know our officers were devastated um, um, first of all devastated in the events that happened in George Floyd right and how that happened in that black eye um, um, that, that, that affects us all right it gives us uh, I don't know one police officer who said what happened to George Floyd that was right yeah, not one. that was not, not on one. one I don't know one and 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 we all saw it we all knew what happened um, and it put people in a, in, a, in a quandary, right? It put people, especially our, our, our uh, uh, you know, our minority officers um, uh, um, in, a, in, a, in a kind of a weird state because we could see, we know, right, right? When you grow up black or you grow up Latino, right, in the area that I grew up in, um, you know, becoming a police officer was not something my family wanted me to do. Um, um, and they grew up in a different era. Right, and so you're always taught a certain thing about police. You're always taught, stay away, right? You're always taught those things. Um, and so when I became a police officer, as, as many of my colleagues, um, uh, we came in for, for different reasons, right? We came in to change, we came in to be a part of something new. And now we're on this break front of doing just that, right? Of, of being um, at the forefront of change, right? And seeing it. And I think American policing, you know, and I mean, we can always point to, you know, you know, someplace down in the south, it's not uh, kind of professional. But in California, man, we've taken strides to be better than 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 a lot of the other places, right? And how we think and the and the steps we go through to clear out. Now, clearly, are there bad officers out there? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And 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 we have to do our best is to single those folks out and to more importantly um, uh, punish them and 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 exercise ourselves of them when they when they when that when that ugly head wears up. Um, 
and so when, 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 when the events of, of George Floyd hit us here in Santa Monica, they, our city was torn, right? Unfortunately, uh, we had looters um, that came into our city. Uh, uh, we had a, a large protest that, um, you know, depending on where you were at, uh, some people say peaceful. Uh, my officers who were taking rocks and bottles and cement and, and other things uh, will tell you differently. Um, um, but it was a fiasco, and it was, you know, getting the community to heal. Um, and coalesce behind, you know, a mission to make us safer. Um, and so we're, you know, so out of that came a bunch of different things, uh, uh, you know, uh, oversight commissions, uh, uh, new laws in California that we're all kind of dealing with and, and trying to figure out how to work through. Um, but I have a resilient, I have a resilient department, a resilient uh, workforce. Um, so making sure they're taken care of, making sure that they get all of the, uh, all the mental health that they need, all the, all the resiliency help that they need um, to do it. I'm still scarred from, from, from those days, right? I still smell, you know, I think for like four or five months, I was telling a colleague, I smelled tear gas. I heard sirens every time I went to sleep, right? And those are scars, right? Those are those emotional traumas that we carry with us on these particular issues and these particular things. And so I think, and then our community scarred, our community, right? They saw us not on our best day. They, see, they saw us kind of ill-prepared on some of the things. So there's a lot of healing to make up and, and to, to, to move forward. Yeah, yeah. And in our profession, you know, a, a place all the way in Minnesota or even in Memphis That's right. can have long-lasting effects That's right. out here in California. That's so, right. you know, they paint us with this, you know, broad brush That's right. that we're all the same and, uh, you know, we're all not the same. We are you know, not. Different agencies have different uh, standards and training, and you know maybe that is the problem. I've heard that that discussion that maybe there should be a nationwide standard. What, what do you think about that? Well, I think you know it's it's interesting about that. I do think that there should be a nationwide standard, and there's plenty of examples to look out out into the world about that. You know, and we can talk about you know 2015 after Ferguson. Um, um, the Obama administration, that DOJ, the Holder administration, came out with 21st century policing, right? And it came out with those pillars as a standard, right? And we were fortunate enough here in California, or at least in our agency, to go, yeah, we're doing that. Yeah, yeah we got that. Oh, where are you doing that? Oh, yeah, we do that. Oh, yeah, we already got that. And so for us, it, it was not a heavy lift. We were already doing those things. But there's a disparity. They, that's that, that not every police department is a police department, right? And, and, and with training and a lot of other things, and some of them lack the funds, lack the ability um, to, 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 to meet those training requirements or to get those things that they, that they need to be, you know, successful in their communities. And uh, so, yeah, it's hard. Um, but I do think that there should be some standards. There should be some um, uh, um, basic standards on how we do work and what we do and how we do it because we all can look at police videos and we see them now right they're 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 plentiful go on youtube and you can see you know police officers doing badly i wish there was a youtube channel of police officers doing their work good and and professionally like we do there is one it's called black and blue that's right right <laughs> but 99.9 percent .9 of the time we are doing the right thing right and our officers are doing the right thing um, throughout the country Right, we're putting ourselves on the, we're putting ourselves out there. We're we're saving lives. We're we're stopping and arresting criminals, um, but 
that's, a, that's, a, that's an afterthought because we want to focus on the one or the few that happen, and it's, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, that's the time we live in nowadays. Yeah. You know, you always, you know, social media, you got to get the clicks that's and all right. that sort of stuff. So uh, they're going to focus on that. They're not, they're not going to focus on when you're doing right because that's, that's not, you know, sexy. That doesn't that's grab right. the headlines. That's so, right. that's you know, right. police officer did right. You know, that's right. What is that? So, um, but you know, you mentioned some agencies lack the funding and all that to get the training. Um, sometimes I feel like that's a cop out because you don't really need funding to do the right thing all the time. So, you know, that's where we go, where we well, are with that. That's right. And I think everyone has a golden rule, right? We treat everyone with dignity, respect. We treat everyone like we want to be treated. We would treat people as we tell our officers. Um, um, we have to treat people like that's a member of our family, right? Because they're, they're a member of somebody's family. Yep. They may not be ours, right? And we, and we have a duty to treat them with respect until, until there's a bright line that they don't. And then, of course, unfortunately, right, we have to do what we have to do. And uses of force are not always pretty. They're never pretty. Never. Right? They're never pretty. But it is a part of this job. And, and it's, an, it's an unfortunate part of the job that we have to do that we're tasked with. And sometimes deadly force with that. And, uh, you know, we have to be able to uh, make sure that we give our officers all the tools, um, um, all the, all the, all the, all the decision-making uh, apparatuses and the things to do what they have to do. So then when that unfortunate decision has to happen, that they're making the right choice, that there's a reverence for life, that they're using de-escalation tactics. And then at the very end, if they have to do what they have to do, then as a department, we have to support them on that as well, right? We have to be behind our officers. If we're asking them to go out into these situations or asking them to deal with these deadly, these, these deadly things, we can't throw them to the wolves, right? We have to stand and protect our officers when they do the right thing, just as much as we have to, we have to kick them out when they're doing the bad, doing the worst yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Have you found that a lot of officers in, in this day and age don't want to deal with, you know, what's going on and say in the media and the public perception of police nowadays? Well, yeah, it's hard, right? It's, it's hard when you can't go down and, you know, this is an honorable profession, right? Um, uh, it's hard when you can't go out in public and say, I'm a police officer and be proud of it. Because I, I guarantee you, everyone in our buildings, everyone uh, in, in every police agencies are very proud of what they do, right? This is something we work very, very hard to get. This, no one just, we don't just sign up on a piece of paper and go, I want to be a police officer, and, they, and, and, and then we become a police officer, right? We know there's work to be involved in, and there's continuous work that we have to do to make sure that we are up on standards and doing the right thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard, and it's... Um, 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 it's difficult when the when the media and uh, everyone around you can can is is constantly on you. I remember, you know, at, at some points in our time when you know our officers felt like our city had turned on us, and that was the first time. And we have a very progressive community here in Santa Monica, very progressive, but they've always been very supportive of its police department. And so when we kind of got into this thing, it was like people were looking at it sideways, like we had never we have never experienced that before. And so then. So, but then, right, it started to come back, right? We, we kept doing the work, kept doing what we were supposed to do. And then it was like, we support you, right? It was like, it was like kind of like a Marvel movie, yeah. like Hail Hydra. Like, like we, <laughs> we, we support you. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, saying thank you again and then having our folks um, understand, you know, what we went through as well. And so that, I think for our officers, that's important, right? We don't do this stuff because we fill it in, we fill it in our heart, yes, but 
we work with our community and we most police departments do right we we want our communities we need our community support to do the work that we do and so when and when there's kind of this you know disfavor this kind of rub between the community and, and the police departments right that's when that's when things go bad right transparency distrust all of these things that we've been talking about you know for the last 60 years uh, uh, come into play and so we we as a police department have to reach out and, and, and grab those hands of our community members and especially those who hate us the worst right those are the ones that we have to you know um, show and, and and touch and sometimes they don't want us but that's okay we'll, we'll keep doing what we do right 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 and you talked about that we need this, uh, the uh, community as much as they need us. Um, I work in another county. Uh, I work in the Inland Empire. That's right. And we hear the horror stories about your county, L.A. County, about you know, things not really being prosecuted and yeah. looking, looked at uh, seriously out here in your, in your county. How does that affect you know, the police work that your officers do out here? It, um, uh, we try to tell our, it does affect our, it does affect the work, obviously. It affects work because when you, when you go out and you make a good arrest and you see um, the DA will go, yeah, well, we're not going to file that. Or that wasn't caught on body-worn camera. We don't believe the officer. We're not going to do that. Wow. That, that is troublesome, right? And when, they're, when our DA is releasing folks, I don't want to turn this political, but in the work, right, if you are releasing um, this era of uh, kind of decriminalization and, and uh, uh, de-kind of population of our jails, um, you know, I understand, I understand, you know, when we had Prop 47, 57, 103, 109, like all of those were written by well-intentioned people, right? They believe that the prison systems are overcrowding, except what normally happens in California is that there's nothing on the back end. So we release all these folks out into the street with nothing, with no support, right? right? And so when we go out and now methamphetamine use, heroin use are misdemeanors. And so now, right, but now, right, fentanyl is huge now in California. And we have people dying on our streets. Every day. Every day. I said so we had something like, I think I got a report from my lieutenant, we have over 100 fent uh, Narcan saves last year. Yep. Over 100. And we're still counting. I think it was like 125 Narcan saves. And that's, those are the ones we saved. Right. Right. And so as cops, right, we put cops on dots. We put, we put service. So we go out and we try to. We, we try to, you know, try to make an arrest to stop, you know, the legal behavior, right? And, and so if I, if I stop you for heroin and I arrest you, it's a misdemeanor. And so in six hours, provided you have no warrants, provided you have nothing going on, a judge doesn't need to see you, I let you go out the back door with a citation. But I also let you out the back door with a citation and also your addiction, still with your same addiction. And, and what are you going to do to get your addiction? You're going to commit more crimes because... Opioid, opioid um, uh, addiction is one of the worst addictions yeah, on the planet, absolutely. and they're sick. Yeah. Yep. And so they will do anything that they can to get that drug again. So that means stealing, doing all the things that they can to end up back in, in custody. But yeah, it's it's so it's kind of this revolving door, and so it's hard for our officers. It's hard to see kind of them doing work, and then yeah, we've seen our production go down. We've seen our our, our but happily our, our arrests have gone up as as officers have kind of been. Uh, reinvigorated to to do the work and yeah, do yeah. things. And I, I don't want to make it sound like it's just an LA County problem because you, you mentioned the propositions, you know, 47 and all of them. Uh, we experienced the same thing right. in Inland uh, Empire as well. 
um, I'm an FTO and you know just last week my trainee and I had to run into a, a guy three times you know for possession and each time it's, like, it's just a ticket right it's just a ticket right whereas you know maybe 10 15 years ago they they were going to county jail and that's where they received the services you know they get time to detox and and get those services so you know we, we've seen that that difference as well well you know it's an interesting story we just had a you know, a few months ago, it was a sad case where we actually had a, uh, we end up to an over, we end up at an overdose call, uh, and officers uh, administer Narcan, uh, bring him back, uh, take him to the hospital, and then they go back several hours later. He had left the hospital, and done more drugs, and then died. He actually overdosed, same shift. Yep. Saved and then died in the same shift. Some of those are, you know, you, those are hard demons to break. That's right. But, you know, if you don't get, you know, sometimes you need to get forced into uh, some sort of treatment program, you know, to, to maintain it. You got to want it. But, you know, that's that's, right. that's where jail was. They can receive those those that's services. Right. That's yeah. right. So, that's right. yeah, absolutely. And uh, what, what's what's next for you? Uh, you know, this is year 28 starting. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. We'll see what the we'll see what uh, we'll see what's there. Uh, I got. Uh, you know, I got kids, and so uh, I got uh, I got a young one, and so she's seven, and and uh, so maybe it's just oh, being maybe it's just go. being dad, right? Yeah, and yeah. I have two older ones, and and uh, uh, one that's 25, and one that's 17, getting ready to graduate high school. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, obviously, um, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm lucky to be in the city that that I'm that I'm at. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what the future holds. But if not, I'm happily happy to retire as Deputy Chief of Santa Monica. All right, all right. And I know you mentioned you went to Cal State Northridge. Are you originally from Cali? I'm not. I'm actually, I'm from, I'm originally from California. I'm originally from Palm Springs, right? Nobody's from okay. Palm Springs, but I am. Uh, my family moved there. The uh, Inland Empire? Yeah, the Inland Empire, <laughs> that's right. Uh, my family moved there in the 50s uh, after uh, the Black Flight from the South. And so I'm the first generation Californian. Uh, me and my brother's here, uh, but my entire family's uh, from the from the South. Oh, okay, and then you said you were in the military. What branch? I was. I was U.S. Navy. I was a corpsman, so a veteran of Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Uh, so joined oh, wow. the Navy and became yeah, a Marine. Thank you for so your service. Thank you, thank you for your service. It was, was my pleasure. Yeah, it was my honor. All right. Where, where'd you? You said you went to Desert uh, Storm and, and Shield. Yeah. What was that experience like for you? Uh, so you know, obviously, it's a way different war than what's going on now. So uh, when I initially joined, I was a reservist, and so we. Uh, took the place of the active duty folks who were um, here in the United uh, who were in the United States who then deployed over to um, um, Iraq, but you know our military was way bigger than it was yeah. much larger than, and then we had the downsize. Um, um, you know, in the in the early '90s or in the mid '90s, there was a downsize of the of the military, and then the kind of the joint operations of things operating together. So it was a little bit different experience. So um, now they're sitting reservists overs. They're doing you know one and two year. Uh, um, tours over there. Our, all of our terms were, were here um, stateside. So, I mean, it, it disrupted life, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't nearly as bad as what the, what the troops are going through now. And it had been for the last 20 years. All right. And, uh, you know, you look like you're in pretty good shape. Did you play any ball, any sports? Uh, believe it or not, I'm a wrestler, right? And so oh, wow. I wrestled in high school, coached wrestling for about 20 years. And so, so that was my thing. So I, I, you know, still work out, still do things. And real wrestling, not the can you smell what the rock is cooking sort of <laughs> no, stuff, right? No, that stuff. Collegiate <laughs> level wrestling, yeah. yeah. Collegiate level. Oh, are you into uh, UFC and uh, I am. MMA and I all am. that? I am. Yeah, I am. yeah. 
You doing any training? In no, there? no, no. I'm too old now. Like I'm gonna fall <laughs> never, apart. So never it's, uh, too old. Chief. Never <laughs> well, too old. Uh, too old to get hit. Too old to yeah. fall down. So, uh, uh, but no. Yeah. But yeah, I love I love working out. It's kind of the only thing that kind of keeps me kind yeah. of sane. It's got to keep us, you know, t together. You that's know, right. as, as we get older, it's that's the only right. thing that keeps us together. That's right. Keeps us together and, that's right. and stress. That's right. Stress was got a funny story. Yesterday, you know, in my city, we got a, a worldwide uh, bike event you know, cycling event that comes through once a year. And uh, so we, I was doing traffic control yesterday up by a golf course. And, you know, in those events, you know, when you got these bicyclists going 40, 50 miles an hour down the street, you got to, you know, make sure that it's locked down, that, you know, cars don't come through. Right. Well, this lady came through to park at her house and I'm yelling at her from down the street, get your car off the course, get your car off the course. And then uh, she was just taking her sweet time as these cyclists come by and almost crash into her. Anyway, so this guy comes up to me from behind from the, at the golf course and says, that stress isn't good for you, sir. And I turn around like, who is this? It was my doctor. <laughs> my real doctor. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good. So that's stress. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, he knows. He, he knows my... <laughs> so we got we to gotta keep up on that, uh, on, that on that mental health and that wellness and all that. What, what's the mental health in the, in the wellness program over here in Santa Monica? I know it's got to be pretty, pretty nice and robust here. It is. Um, um, so we have, obviously, we have our peer, um, uh, we have peer um, um, advisors uh, throughout the department, and we have a uh, uh, conjoined system with other police departments. And so um, if you're uncomfortable um, talking with uh, someone from our department, you can talk to someone else from another department. Um, our city also, um, you know, has a, a pretty robust EAP program so that you can go out and talk to someone. We also have a, uh, um, a staff um, uh, psychiatrist who's on staff. So, so, so if any of our officers come to a traumatic situation, that's there, so she's contracted with our police agency, so we can send our we can send our officers immediately um, um, to her to to check on her. We have a a, a very vibrant uh, chaplain program, um, so they're in our building uh, every day, kind of doing things and, and talking to our officers. Uh, they're they're part of our family. Uh, they're in roll calls. They're in briefings. Um, um, they do check-ins. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we really focus on it. Uh, we make it a big, uh, a big issue in our department to focus on the mental health. We want you to be physically healthy. Yep. We also need you to be mentally healthy because that, that is the worst part of, of things. And, and I think what people don't realize is that sometimes when you do the right thing and it's a righteous use of force, it's a righteous situation or, or something happens um, that those cause traumas regardless, right? And, and you can get into, you know, we had the Santa Monica College shooting at our yeah. school, right? And, and, you know, in Santa Monica, right? Six people were killed. Uh, we had officers who did the right thing, who, who, who on, even on the periphery, who had some mental health issues. And, and you know, and, 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 we're, and as folks, as we move into 2023, folks are now going, this is okay to talk about, right? This is okay to, to be, uh, to seek help. It's okay to talk. Right in our era, right, we, we didn't do that. We're gonna give me yeah. three days yep. off, give me back to work. I yep. wanna just do this, yep. right? We eliminate those stigmas and they have to be gone, right? We have to understand that, that every little thing, you go to a, one traffic accident where somebody dies or you see something, that's a little nick. We go to uh, domestic violence and that triggers something that happened in your childhood, that's a nick. We see um, um, you know, an elderly person die or a suicide, those are nicks. And, 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 and maybe in just, you know, the incident itself doesn't necessarily 
um, amount to anything. But over time, over a 30-year career, all those nicks, right, it's death by a thousand cuts death by a thousand paper cuts and we bleed to death and we don't understand why, right? We have the, we have the highest rate of suicide, we have the highest rate of, 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 of alcoholism and divorce in our profession, right? There's a reason behind that. And so if we can get, and we, have, we owe it to our officers, we owe it to our people to make sure that we're preaching these things and to give them the tools to be, you know, not only mental health, but resilient. How do I deal with this stuff? How do I, how do I talk about this stuff? And the best way to do it is, is to make it normal conversation, right? To, to reach out to people, hey man, how you doing? Yeah. To do buddy check-ins, how you doing? What's going on? Yeah, I think that's more acceptable with uh, the generation now as Absolutely. opposed to when you and I came up in 100%. this profession. 100%. And you know, so that we don't stigmatize it you know, from, from a management side and uh, even from you know, officers, you know, the, the OGs out there, the sergeants and the, the senior officers, so long as they don't stigmatize the young officers that that have that mentality now right. for mental health and wellness, um, I think it should be you know spread throughout the agency That's and right. it would be a good thing. That's right. Absolutely, yeah. All right. That's right. So I appreciate you letting me into your beautiful facility here and, and uh, chopping it up with you. But uh, like I said, we are not done. I got some trivia here for you. Okay. So let me get this set up for, for you. Um, let me pull this up. You can look there at that screen down here. And uh, this here is called... Black or blue? Black or blue? Black or blue? Black or blue? Black or blue, black or blue. Come on. My black or blue game. And um, bring that up here. There we go. All right, so I'm going to show you, since you're in sports, you, we talked about earlier that you have gone to some softball and all that sort of stuff, baseball and softball. So um, this your, your category today is diamonds are a guy's best friend. This is my black or blue game, and that means Major League Baseball team colors. Black or blue, I'm just gonna show you a team, and you just tell me if they, in their uniform, has black in it or has blue in it. All right. That's real simple. You I should know do. You should know these Major League teams. We will see. You <laughs> should know these Major League teams. All right, here's your first one here. How about um, the Chicago Cubs, black or blue? Black, they're the black side. Oh, come on, that's, they're not the black side. The Chicago Cubs are blue. And you said that too. <laughs> Look at that, yeah, their, their uniform is blue there. All right, All right we'll, we'll get you back on track here. We'll get you back on track here. How about the Pittsburgh Pirates, black or blue? They have black, yellow. They definitely have black, black and yellow. I mean, that's, that song, I just, uh, black and yellow, black and yellow. Yeah. My kid listens to that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, just like the Steelers, yeah, black and black and gold. Yep. So, all right, we one for one. Here's your next one here. How about the Chicago White Sox? That's probably who you're talking about. That is who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, they are black, yes. They do have black in their uniform there. Okay, we got you going here. How about um, the Atlanta Braves? Well, they're not blue, so you gotta have black in there. Oh, they are blue. The Atlanta Braves? The Atlanta Braves. Maybe you're talking about the Atlanta red. Hawks. You're talking about the Atlanta, <sighs> <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons, maybe football. Yeah. All right, two for two. Come on, let, let, let's 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 go here. <laughs> let's get a streak here going. Okay. Here. The Yankees. Definitely black. No, blue, right? It's blue. blue. Yes. Yeah. Definitely blue. Yeah, blue. Yeah. I do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a dark. Blue. Blue. It's a dark. Blue, it's a dark. Blue. Blue. Yeah. It's definitely blue. All right, we got you there. How about um, the Colorado Rockies? Definitely blue. And black, right? No. Yeah. They're black, yeah. You said Aren't black. Yeah. black? That's black. It's purple. Purple. Black. Purple and black. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Not much of a major league. Uh, I'm a Dodger fan, but I don't Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe maybe there might be a Dodger question in here. Right. But uh, how about the Baltimore Orioles? So they're orange and 
black. Yep, orange and black, yep. Orange and blue probably don't go too well. Oh, maybe the Broncos might say a little different though, but Nasty. in football, yeah. All right, um, looks like you, you're coming out the hole here. How about uh, the Houston Astros? Yeah, blue. <laughs> blue. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's orange and blue right there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Orange and blue. Um, they're not, the Dodgers aren't fans of the Astros. Absolutely not. Yeah, what happened a couple years ago. But <laughs> I digress. How about uh, the San Francisco Giants? They're not fans of them either. No, they're not. And they're definitely not blue. So we yeah. know they're black. Yeah, we know that the Giants are black. And uh, how about your last one here? Oh, not next to your last one. How about the Arizona Diamondbacks? The Diamondbacks. They are definitely black. Yep, they're definitely in black here, red and black. And uh, this one's your last one here. You got to know this That's one. That's right, uh, Dodger, Dodger Blue. Dodger Blue, Dodger Blue. Let's go. All right, yeah, see, <laughs> we, we got you on track here. Yeah, diamonds are a guy's best friend. Um, kind of different diamonds than what uh, women are, are used to, what they Sir. want. Yeah, I appreciate you, uh, Thank you, you. Know, letting me into your facility. How about some words of wisdom before we get you out of here real quick? Uh, I, think, uh, I think that our, our profession is you know we we consistently say that it's on you know changing and ever evolving and i think that you know uh, one of the things that we have to do in law enforcement is adapt and as long as we're adapting and we are meeting the needs of our community and and and, and the folks um, uh, that want us and need us um, uh, we're going to be successful right and we have to do that by by continuously listening uh, and, con and, and continually changing and adapting to the needs, right? Some of the things we do in the job have to happen, right? We still have to respond to calls, right? We still have to do the things that we have to do. Um, uh, and we have to learn and figure out ways to leverage technology to do that better. Um, but ultimately, in the end, uh, it's a people job. And as long as we are picking the right people to do it, I had a chief once told me, you know, this is a people job, right? And people are messy. And as long as we are making sure that we pick the right people and that we're constantly watching our people and doing the job, uh, we're going to be fine in what we do. And it's, you know, it's our job to go back and as, as, as leaders to make sure that we're mentoring and bringing up those folks who are like-minded and, and, and holding to some of those traditions and, and, and can change. Right, and so right, I, I'm a. I think sometimes I'm an old dog and an old animal, right? And so people are telling me, no, we got to do this, chief, we got to do this. And I'm like... Maybe they're right. Maybe right. Yes, and you have to you have to have that ability to adapt, listen, and listen to those dissenting voices to get better. That's how we change this job. Yep, and you know, in this profession, cops hate change. That's so, right. That's yep. right. We hate the way things are, and we hate change. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. All right, Chief. Hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Me, uh, talk to you, and uh, hey, shake your hand. There. Thank I appreciate you. you. Appreciate Thank you. you. Thank appreciate you. you. Yo, that was a dope interview I just had with Santa Monica, California Deputy Police Chief Derek Jacob. Hey, I really appreciate everything that you've allowed me to do here today, Deputy Chief Jacob, by uh, letting me into your facility and chopping it up about you and your career here in Santa Monica and, hey, in the city as a whole. If you guys out there appreciated this interview just as much as I did, make sure you click those like, subscribe, and bell icons right down here on my YouTube channel. Well, show me some love if you listen to me on your favorite podcast platform by rating the Black and Blue Podcast five stars. I'm going to be back real soon with another interview just like this one, maybe on a one-on-one -on -one in person or maybe virtual, but always a dope interview. So till then, stay black and blue. My name is Dale. I'm out. Peace. This has been a Maitre D Entertainment presentation.